the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, it, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he pinned me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If if Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mention a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. Hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am your host, JP John Paz, and with me today is a former WCW superstar, a former WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Champion. He is, of course, Mr. Kid Romeo. Welcome to the two-man power trip. How are you doing today? What's up? You forgot first time ever. Yes. Tag Team Champions of the World. That is very true. The first time ever in WCW. First time ever. Yes. That was a that was quite a you know experience back then in WWE because that was like the rebirth of the cruiserweights and doing that tag team division was damn cool and I love that tournament. It was it was it was it was definitely a great tournament a lot of a lot of, a lot of talent in that tournament as as you can see some of them have become uh, gone on to become uh, world heavyweight champions. <laughs> so before we kind of get into that WWE, what are you up to today? What's been going on? Well, now since since I made the transition from wrestling from wrestling into into uh, what I do now is uh, I do uh, pest control in wildlife. So I'm literally wrestling critters, getting raccoons, possums, armadillos, snakes, bats, squirrels, you name it. I I I, I go after it, dead or alive. Remove dead animals. Today I re- I just removed a, a gator, a six foot gator. From a from a pond that died from one of my HOAs, so yeah, it's pretty it's a pretty exciting job, man. You never know what these animals get into and stuff like that. So it's kind of like it's pretty cool and stuff. It's uh it's called Commando Pest Control and Trappers out of Orlando, Florida. Here and uh, we, but I guess I guess I still get to uh, dress up for work, like like in an outfit. You know, we wear yep. like camouflage pants and they're kind of spandexy, spandexy shirt in black. With a, that looks like a transition from a wrestler because the Orkin guy and Massey guy, uh, they don't dress like that. <laughs> or the Terminex guy. <laughs> so <laughs> True. I got a whole. I got a, a whole look. I got a gun on the side with a holster. That's a bug gun. 
I got the, you know, the um, the military jacket. So I, it, I've always been in show business before this. You know, everybody knows I did a little bit of the Chippendales, you know, here and there for many years. So I've always been, everything I did is always kind of like a show. And nothing's changed right now. I'm 52 now. And I still got an eight pack. Wow, still staying in great shape. Yeah, and, 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 and three days, three days, three days a week. That's that's the most I ever do. I don't do more than that anymore. My muscles already—they always remember that shit. <laughs> yes, that's for the young people. So, how'd you get from wrestling to pest control and the wildlife stuff? Like, how did that transition happen? When I was like, when I was like, kind of like, uh, you know, things weren't going like a hundred percent in the wrestling, you know. Everybody knows, you know, the game and stuff like that and stuff. And I just, you know, I did good for a while, then it went down and went back up. And then you kind of, like, sometimes fall through the cracks with the with the politics and everything, you know. Politics mm-hmm. is politics and everything. So everybody knows that's no secret. So I kind of somewhat through there and stuff, you know. And um, I wasn't sure what was going to go, what to do and stuff. I was going to move to Vegas and stuff. And new people, you know, sometimes it's not what you know. It's who you know and stuff like that. So, but I met this girl and... I wound up marrying her and stuff, and I wound up staying, and I met a guy at the gym, and he had a small mom and pops uh, pest control, no wildlife. Wildlife came about halfway through this journey of 15 years. Um, and uh, he, hey, we started working out. He's a little old guy, so he's just very pleasant and stuff. And um, his name is Dennis with A1 Home Pest Control here in Orlando. Free shout out there. Um, and he was a nice, nice old guy, and, and um, he offered me the job, and I said, all right, I got it. I got to do something and just kind of like took it and, you know, started immediately thinking of like what to wear and the whole like commando and commandos, my, my, my company stuff so before I dressed up as a commando with the name of the other company. But now when I was all mine, I, I was able to make that full hundred percent black truck with silver skulls, crossbones, big giant skull in the front of the hood. I'm dressed up like commando GI Joe. People call me Rambo. I got, <laughs> That's awesome! Though. I love it. It's like uh, re- wrestling uh, pet control. It's awesome. Oh no, no, not we got we got some commercials uh, coming up now here that uh, we just shot up at my, at my friend Jason Ranch School. He used to did a little bit of WCW and he's done some stuff for for TNA and stuff like that. He's got a school here in Orlando, so uh, we went over there and um, what we did was I I, I got three. Uh, Three um three costumes. We got a roach costume, a rat, and a raccoon. And we put it on on, on him, and he worked, and we worked, and we did the angles, and with the same and everything. So right now it's in the production with the voiceovers in the studio and everything that I did and everything. So we're waiting to see how that how that comes out and stuff like that. So you know I can check out that with you, so you can share it with the fans and stuff like that. Definitely, yes, would love that. That's, that's pretty cool. So business has been good despite uh, the pandemic and COVID and everything? Man, I, I've been blessed, man. I haven't stopped. This was uh, like my best year, 2020, was the best year since I've been doing this with other people and myself was by far. That's how that's how I exploded. But, um, I mean, you know, when everything comes, the marketing comes in, you know, I got my Google's review. I got about, about 220, 4.9. So once you start getting everything big, because I I don't have a, I don't have a business degree and everything, I'm just learning. I'm still learning business right now. <laughs> so I'm one of those. I just you know pick it up and just kind of run with it and just figure it out as it goes. And right now it's 
I mean, getting to that point where I got an employee, I got a, an assistant and stuff. So I'm starting to get to the point, you know, because I was comfortable before. You'd make a good money and you could work, but then you start not thinking, I'm like, okay, what about later, later? You might want to have some people doing that job. You might want to be out there doing this, like taking bumps. <laughs> but I just love that, uh, you know, still kind of loving wrestling, right? I mean, you still like, uh, do you still follow the business? Because it seems like a little yeah. bit wrestling-centric for sure. I, I do, I do, I do for sure. I watch it, uh, though sometimes I have to shut it off. I don't know, it's not the same like in my era, I must say. Yeah, definitely not. I don't know, too, too many guys look like the guy sitting on the couch that granted they can do a lot of tricks, but to wrestling it's not about the tricks that you can do. You got to sell that shit, you got to be a character, you know. It's not like try to outdo everything, and it seems like that's what it's kind of like gone to and stuff. Nobody wants to sell anymore. They just get up, after, they get up after devastating, devastating finish finishes, and then they give them their finish, which is like the lamest thing in the world, and they got a three count, and they, they kicked out of like ten devastating super moves. So <laughs> the psychology is different. I don't know. That my teachers and stuff like that in my time, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely different now. They all try to get their shit in. There's no selling. There's uh, a finisher. It's, it's just killed. They do a million of them. It's it's a lot different than uh, you breaking in under uh, Paul Ondorf, for sure. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was like serious shit over there. You could have a great match on TV, and everybody's praising you, how great you did, how good you look. And when you got there, what the fuck? That shit sucked. You guys are a disgrace. You're an embarrassment. Start squatting. Start this, this, and that. <laughs> I love that guy, though. That's how it was. It was cool, though. You know, Master Kiss is kind of way. Yes, tough. <laughs> yeah. We we tough. worked. We worked our ass off and stuff. And, and, but still, you know, at that at that point, there was still a lot of, like, um, I don't know, resentment from people that just came in kind of from, from the outside. It wasn't, like, indies for, like, 20 years or 10 years and just kind of bumped into TV and stuff like that. That didn't sit well with a lot of people. And, and stuff like that. But now now things have changed. Now that's basically like the main search engine, if an analogy. Mm-hmm. And then, yep. you know, independent guys who've been out there for like 10, 20 years, those are like more diamond a dozen now. But no, no, diamond a dozen? But there's yep. less of those now. <laughs> it's more, you got a pedigree, you've done something in the past, come on in, we'll make you something. It's kind of what they're looking for. Yeah, definitely. So how did you get into the PowerPoint? Like, how did you break into WCW? Um, when I was coming up to the, the finishing of my dance career, my Chippendales, I used to dance with the Chippendales, and I was in Europe and Japan and all that stuff. Um, when I came back over here, finally, it started to phase out. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? At that time, they did the tapings at Universal. At that time, is when Ray was out and Chaba was out, Eddie was out, and I was front row. And when they walked by, I, you know, you kind of like size them up and like, okay, it's not a seven-foot game anymore, and this is what you got to do. I'm one of those that I watch, I emulate, and I do. <laughs> so I just stayed uh, to the end, and everybody walking to the cars. And everybody I talked to told me uh, that, uh, that I had a great look, that I had uh, a very good look, and this is what you have to do. So, so they 
they kind of like warned me about the the squats. So for six months, I trained every day. I would do like 600, 700 squats every day, like a hundred sets of like a hundred in between my uh, my sets of whatever I was working out, and then going out to the to the parking lot and run, run running suicides in the in the heat and stuff, all while listening to Rocky, of course, um, down here. And then I just went up there, and um, there was fourteen guys, some massive, massive guys, and I was the only one to make it out of that class. Everybody else dropped down to like five or six to the second day, and then the last day there was like three or two of us, and I was the only one to make it. Pretty impressive. I kind of, I kind of prepared a little bit to it for it, you know. <laughs> Is that one of the things where they they didn't really want you to make it? You know what I mean? They make it so tough on the guys. It's almost yeah. like yeah. they don't want you that's, to make that's it. That's the way I look at it. But the way I look at it, they they want to see if you have fucking heart. If you don't have heart, I don't give a shit how you look. This and that. That was the the rationale behind it. I think now it's not. You know, it, they they, should, they always could be a happy medium and stuff like that. You know. Because, you know, some people might not have that, but they can be a superstar. But they were just testing. They were just looking for heart and stuff. Now they're they they just lightened up on it. That's all. So you're the only one that basically makes it from the class. Then what from, do you from, do? From, from, from that class. Yeah, that class had 14 people. We've had class that had 20 people and nobody making that class that three, four, five made it out of 20-something. So it was always always different. Back bumps. And WCW had massive ropes. They were uh, rubber, solid rubber and solid steel. I mean, you couldn't barely bend. Even the big guys could barely get those things to to, to move. They're not like these ropes. So once they start hitting those, you can't, like somebody's next thing, like somebody punched you in the ribs like all night. <laughs> so things are a little bit different back then. Who were the main trainers? Orndorf and uh, Dwayne Bruce? Yes, sir. That's it. Those were there. And then then we had a lot of people like, you know, DDP used to come through, Eddie come through, everybody used to come through and stuff, and we learned a little bit from everybody. What did you think about Sarge? Great guy. Great guy, just very, very intense. Very funny. We did uh, we did WCW Mayhem. I think WCW Mayhem was the first video game ever made, if if I'm not mistaken. And I I made it with uh, who else was in it? Uh, was it Mike Sanders with Sarge? Um, I think Elix was part of it. But yeah, we went up there for EA Sports, and we shot it for about a week. Shot the WCW Mayhem. And what was that experience like? That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. It was definitely cool living there for for that little bit and stuff. Had their own little place and stuff, and it's definitely cool Vancouver, over there in the main headquarters and stuff. The only the only thing that sucks compared to making other video games is like, um, other games you don't get slammed <laughs> at fucking eight o'clock in the morning, over and over and over, so the machine gets the fucking right take. You know what I'm saying? With no adrenaline. No people, you're not really like warmed that much up at that time and stuff. So, so it's kind of like, ah, oh. you know what I mean? <laughs> nobody have wants, like a nobody wants to get suplexed or slammed in the morning. Really, come on. And they have you in like those suits? Yes. 
who else in the world did it? Oh, um, I got a picture in my office with, with uh, Mona. Mona was there. She was like the girl part, I guess. Molly Holly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was one of those things where it looks like it's fun, but like you're right, it, you're basically getting beat up at <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's not. It's not that. It's not that 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 fun doing this in in the morning. No, it's not. <laughs> so, are you officially like when you're there and doing that stuff? Are you officially under WCW contract, or are you just basically employed by the power plant? How does that work? Um, your WCW contract. And you it's get part of, it's part. It's part of your contract. At that point, you won't get. We won't get nothing extra. So did it technically Bischoff sign you, or like who is the one that physically signs you? Um, I think when Bischoff was there is when I got signed. Is there like a guy know, in talent we relationship with too? I know. I think Bischoff was there when 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 he got signed. Um, because I know when when Neptune come here. Come here. I know that when I got I got laid off for a while, and then when they got me back, that's when the tournament was starting, and they were supposed to drop the belts to Kidman and and Ray. But in six months, I hit the gym really hard, and if you look at me when when I when I was in the in the championship there and everything. I look pretty solid there. So basically, they they just kind of looked at me and and said, oh, "No, we're gonna go with them." That's how I, that's how I went down. I had a really good good in WCW until it, until it closed, and then uh, I was politically incorrect at WWE. <laughs> right at the time. Now, as far as WCW said, you kind of left for a little bit. So basically, you know, you work in Saturday night. You may work an occasional uh, Thunder or an occasional Nitro and, and some house yeah. shows and stuff, and worldwide mm-hmm. and whatever else. So then they kind of sent you on a sabbatical, or like what what happened in between? Because you do go to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did go to. I, did, I went over there too, and I did real, pretty good on the in the tournament and stuff like that. Um, that was my first time over there, and that, that's an experience. That's really, really stiff over there. The first match when somebody kicked, they snapped Mary, and they kicked me in the back. I went numb from head to toes. I was like, what the fuck? Really? So I just dead, I just dead ass him. He tried to pick me up. I was like, absolutely not, motherfucker. And then when I cut him off, I, he came out of there with a bloody nose. I was mean. <laughs> I, like, be, I, like, right? I like being stiff. But they're like overly stiff. I would never kick anybody that hard here. Like he kicked me out with a yeah chin pad, but still I went numb. So that's <clears throat> I wasn't expecting it that that hard. Laying, he lay, but he lays in. <laughs> so if you don't defend yourself, they, they'll eat you up. So you gotta you gotta gain the respect right away. He can't cry. He can't complain. Just take it. Over here, you can go in the back and cry to somebody. Not over there. You gotta be a man. They're very, uh, you know, the honor and all that system over there is tons over what it is over here. As a society, the Japanese people, you know. Yes. What was it like culture-wise? Were you good with that? Did you like it over there? Yeah, I, I love it. Wrestling fans are awesome. They chase you from city to city. They pull out autograph boards out of their ass. 
Don't ask me how, where, but then they like, here. Because I used to always walk uh, walk the streets with uh, Scott Norton. I did like three tours and, and, and the J-Cup and two other tours. And I was over there with Scott. And Scott at that time was like Hulk Hogan over there. When we walked, I mean, people recognized me and everything, but he was like the obviously standout and stuff. So uh, uh, people always used to chase us and stuff. And I used to always get just go like, ah, just doing that massive reaction. And Scott, Scott used to get so pissed because I used to open the window and they start fucking shaking and tapping the whole bus all the way around and he get pissed off. So I did it more. <laughs> Scott Norton, he was a good guy. I had some good times with him in Japan. Legend over there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Six o'clock in the morning. Romeo, you up? Not really. You ready to go eat? I guess. <laughs> You know he, yeah, he definitely, you know, huge legend, the guy Jin, if you will, one of the mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the best. Yep, 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 and 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 nice guy too. How'd you actually get over to New Japan? Is that something the Norton sets up, or how do you get like make the transition over there? Um, they came from New Japan to pick to pick uh, people for the tournament, and they had us wrestle in front of three people or four people. And um, I was the only one they asked to go. <laughs> of all the cruiserweights. Wow. So that, really, that, that got me some heat and stuff because I know there was resentment. You know how this business is. A lot of yeah. resentment. And I, and I felt it. But it's like, I don't know. It wasn't my it wasn't my deal. But yet you still pay the price for everything because things were like not... Now they're a lot looser with everything and the whole dating within in the company before. That got me into a little bit of trouble with some haters. God, you couldn't look at anybody that was finding everything. And if Inky had the hots for her and everything, uh, that would screw you because they want her and stuff like that. That's just how ridiculous this was at, at one point. Terry Taylor? <clears throat> yeah. So, and, then, and then somebody still have a job in the business, like Terry Taylor. I'm like, God, man, they were just so awful, like how they, they treated some people and stuff, and they still have a job. I don't understand it, but. Hey, he's down in NXT still to, uh, to this day. I know, right? that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't get it. They use in psychology, I don't know, the Red Rooster, the worst gimmick ever. I don't know. <laughs> Everybody knows he, that. He's so. Triple H's boy. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna go by and pitch a, a thing because I pitched a, a character, the Exterminator. There's, there's never been Exterminator as a character. You, it has so much potential of 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 animals and products and type of dispense dispensing of the products. They obviously won't be, um, um, you know, like real products for extermination chemicals. It's just water or, or whatever, but it has huge potential. And I wanted to go buy it if, if, and just pitch it and stuff, and, and I can manage them because I can show them, like, I know the wrestling to to me doing this. I, I know the, how to connect it. They can do however they want it, but I know the connection there because I've, I've lived both of them. Did so you I pitch it or you want to pitch it? I want I want to. I went to TNA. Everybody loved it. It was all over the internet, and uh, Kid Roman ran into another fucking wall in the politics. 
they call me heat seeker. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, hey, man, I'm I'm just me. I was just 100 percent real, man. I never hurt nobody. Everything that just, you know, some people who for the dancing, if you're a little bit extravagant or flashy and stuff like that, that just didn't see. I am like, man, that that's who, that's who I am and everything. That doesn't take anything away from me as a person or anything. But at that at those times, you know, they, they didn't look at it like that. Like in WCW, they didn't. It was great. When I did the, when they did, did the buyout, they, it wasn't so great. <laughs> so when you go back to WCW, basically the beginning of '01, so you know you, you left at the end of 2000, you went to New Japan for a bit, so you come back to the beginning of '01, and basically you know you're gonna have like a Ricky Martin esque gimmick with that like cup of life, or whatever that song is. Like yep. that's gonna kind of be your theme song. Did they say like okay, you, we want you to be Ricky? Um, Ricky Martin. I was like a heel. I was like a heel Ricky Martin at the time. That's exactly what it was, and that's obviously the song and stuff that was remixed, so they they couldn't get sued and stuff. And it was fine all these years, and and then the WWE Network went ahead and fucking changed my song. That tells you I get no respect. I'm worse than Ronnie Dangerfield. Fucking a. Not even after all these years, they fucking I get the respect and stuff, and and they changed my fucking song. <laughs> they put some generic some song uh, there. I'm like, God, why did they even do that? They changed the song. I, I don't know the copyrights. Maybe I don't know, but they changed it. I thought that was funny. I hate when they do that. You know, change theme song. And you're watching the show. Like, what the hell is this? Who's coming out now? This is not. This is accurate. Like, this is not my song. Like, first time I saw, I'm like, this is not my song. And but yet there I am coming out. <laughs> sure enough. Do you remember who created the song? Uh, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy Hart. Jimmy, okay. Jimmy, Jimmy did all the songs. He was involved in all the all those all that kind of stuff like that. That's where I met Jimmy because I made it into the into the tryouts and stuff. And then I was part in the in the school and and from the school they used to send us to do security work and then sometimes extra work and other stuff. You know. Um, oh yeah. And, uh, at one of the the filming for something it was I don't know exactly what it was. I saw Jimmy there, and. Um, he just kind of like gravitated towards me and started, "Hey kid, you know what's this?" And so I told him exactly what I did and what I did, the whole dancing. That's what that's what I did, you know. And I told him my name and what I wanted to do and and my dance when I come out with glow sticks. So I was already going in with ideas too, like come out and then let me do all that stuff. Now, now what happened on Saturday night was the production sucked. They never got it right ever. Maybe one time it was like so so, but they never never got it right. In my whole time, they never got it right. I never looked right on TV. I told them to give me soft lights, and then they would black it out, and they did not see it. You need to give it a soft light so they can see me every time. Spot like in the middle. How easy is that? But they always messed it up. But that was the first time anybody, anybody used glow sticks. Now a lot of people use glow sticks since then. Trendsetter. Yeah, for sure. Is that your idea? That yeah, it? no, that was all, that was all me because I used to dance before and I used to go to the clubs and I used to do the raves. And my name was Romeo when I when I danced. I when I I you switched it to kids to have a little attitude there. Yeah, so you see that you see the transition. It wasn't very far. Mm-hmm. And yep. now from Romeo, I went from Romeo to Commando. Now that's my. 
as I refer to, like most, like most, like a lot of people, I'm just Commando. And then to like a lot of wrestling people, like I'm Romeo, and but my name is Sam. <laughs> so I think that's my, my guess used the least. <laughs> it's Romeo Commando. Yes. So when they actually decide to create this cruiserweight tag team tournament, mm-hmm. they automatically say, "Oh, we want to pair you with Eli Skipper," or like, what was the uh, yeah. the idea behind putting you two together? Yeah, yeah, they automatically put us put us together. I said, but like I said, there was supposed to be a different outcome until they, they saw me when I came back from from my suspension. Thanks to Terry, and then um, Jimmy fought for me to get me back in, and he got me back in, and and won the belts. He always tried to protect me. Why were you suspended by Terry? Because I walked in five minutes late with a and a girl walked in kind of a few minutes after that. We didn't care favor enough, and he he liked this girl. Bullshit, bullshit reason, no reason really. Honestly, should have kept it in my pants. But I meant, damn, it's a free world. Now, now, now you're allowed to date and stuff like that. You know they don't give you that one so much. Like I said before, you look at the wrong, wrong girl back there, even though you're on the road. So you might want to be with somebody now. Okay. They understand that, so they feel it and they let, and they allow it. Before it was a no no; they didn't want you dating with it and everything. That was still kind of like in my time. Not there wasn't a lot to, but it was just a lot of the agents and bookers were would take it personally and everything. When they liked somebody, they didn't like them back. And if you went out with them, that then you start, then you got heat and stuff like that. It was stupid. It's like it's like going almost wrestling. It's almost like sometimes like you're in fucking kinder. I'm like seriously, really, really. Really? <laughs> Are you allowed to say who the girl was? Uh, I don't remember. It was nobody that made nobody that made a that that made it onto the thing. It was just a a, 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 a trainee, a development contract. I don't remember. She never made it to the TV. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So Jimmy Hart went to bat for you, though. He really liked you. Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, he, he was the one that stayed in contact through everything. So he called me. He's like, "Kid, all right, we're coming back for the tournament, this and that." And then when they showed that I showed up and stuff, and they saw me and stuff, I, I went. I, I jacked up quite a bit, and uh, they liked the, the the visual and everything, and they just wanted us to have the belts. And then we're supposed to keep it, okay? At the very end, Panama City. Now that was WWE's scene to take the straps away from us. That wasn't WCW's. It was none of our agents, none of our things. We were supposed to keep them. But when they found out that night that they bought us everything, immediately they flipped the thing. We looked at each other, we were like, oh, shit. Interesting decision on their part. I wonder what the thought process was because Mysterio doesn't go there, you know, right away. Kidman ends up, but there's no cruiserweight tag team title. You know what I mean? There's no Mysterio going and jumping WWE right away. Hmm. Interesting decision for sure. In the uh, first, like the quarterfinal round, I guess you could say, you actually guys beat Air Raid, which is Air Paris and Air Styles, aka AJ Styles. Twenty years later, he's a huge star in in <laughs> WWE, right? I mean, it's kind yeah, of crazy. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's he's good kid. He deserves it. 
crazy looking at that roster. If you look, you know, the end of WCW. Like, I, I, I could have been right there with AJ's. I just, like, I, like I said, my my politics weren't as good as his. He was a little he was a little better at, with that kind of stuff. He's kind of like eat, breathe, and, and live wrestling. I guess maybe I, I, I didn't do that all the time. Because, I mean, I wasn't, enjoying, I wasn't doing my job, and I didn't like wrestling, and I enjoy all the, all the things. I just, I mean, we didn't leave, eat, shit, breathe it like 100% of the time. Maybe 80. You got to, like, live outside of the, the bubble and be yourself a little bit, too. So, you know, some people might look at that different kind of ways. I'm just 100% real, you know. I got yeah. over I got, I got over, I got over. You can see my matches. I always got over as a babyface or a hill. They were seldom quiet during my matches. They was always responsive. That's when you know that that thing is good, that you are good. And when everybody starts fucking saying this, because that's what Jimmy said. If they're jealous, it's for a reason. They're just jealous. That's why they're they do all that stuff and say things. But he. The next round in the uh, Cruiserweight title, just want to mention also the Young Dragon, Kasayashi and Jimmy Yang, beat them on the next Nitro. And then when you get to the Greed pay-per-view in a good match, you and Skipper defeat Kidman and Rey Mysterio and become the first ever WWE Cruiserweight Tag Team Champions. Is that pretty cool? Like, just thinking back, like, well, we weren't supposed to win, then we're going to win, and, and we're going to have a good match. And we're, you know, it, really it, was, starting to get over. it was. All those were all good. We weren't supposed to win. We we're going to win. We had a great match. The only thing we, we won in Jacksonville, and that sucked. There wasn't shit to do. There wasn't, I'm not going to lie to you, there wasn't a big giant celebration thing. That was just in the ring, that was the biggest there that you got because <laughs> there ain't shit in Jacksonville. And now Jacksonville's becoming uh, a little bit of a hotbed with uh, UFC and uh, AEW oh, running the there place, all the time. Because they, the only place where they let them fight in Florida, here and everything, in these places. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, we've been open down here for where you at? You're not here, right? New Jersey. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. You guys. You guys saw all the bullshit. The COVID yep. plus the bullshit. We just dealt with like the COVID, not so much of the bullshit, because you know we've been pretty open here since the beginning. You know, I've been being the essential, so I've been work. I, I worked since like since March. Never, never stopped. I'm just killing it, literally. Yeah, my buddy lives down in Winter Garden, and he's basically he's like, oh, he's like, I, I hardly wear the mask, and I was like, oh my god, New Jersey, you don't have the mask on. They're like, oh my yeah, god, yeah, this yeah, person's yeah. No, not the not, mask on. No, not so much here. <laughs> much more free, much more open. Yes, that's why everybody's moving here. It does seem like that. No, it is like that. Everywhere I'm going, everything's being torn down here. Everything that's woods around in Orlando, every strip that you're driving on the highway, they're just knocking them down by the miles, by the miles. HOAs are just popping up. Everybody's leaving all the country, all these, all these other states where their things are, they see how it goes bad, how they handle it. They're coming to Florida for that, just for that sole reason, bro. I love it. Works for me, man. Florida's great. I'm going to make more money. But, you know, our environment's suffering and stuff. It is and stuff. These poor animals don't got places to go. So part of me feels bad about that. And I try to relocate and not hurt anything as much as possible. Yeah, so one bad thing, a lot of people don't even think, like, oh, tear down this, tear down that. But the wildlife. It's not our fault. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So. 
Yeah, definitely. But just going back to WCW, what about you and Elo Skipper? What was the relationship like? Did you have good chemistry with him? Did you guys get along? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We always we always got along. He's 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 a he's a he's a he was he was a great guy, a genuine guy. He didn't bust my balls. He he kind of relaxed and stuff, you know. He wasn't trying to be funny or anything like that. He was he just you know pretty much family family man. He was always family man. He's a family man now. So we still maintain touch on Facebook. To me, it was like wow, it's great to see you guys win. It was a little bit of a shocker because you would think Kidman and and Mysterio were going to win, but it was great to kind of change it up a little bit, give you guys the win. Did they promise anything, or was there going to like anything like, oh, we're we're going to do this big plans with the division, or that all gets scrapped? No, we were when, supposed when to Vin- keep the belts and everything, uh, and we we're supposed to go in hiatus and then come back, and then the hiatus went hiatus, and WWE bought us, and everything changed from that night on. That's so, how it went. So before the hiatus, did Bischoff meet with you guys and say, "This is what we're going to do when we come back"? Uh, no, I never met with him. I met with like with Jimmy and some other agents and stuff like that. Not not so much him. Was Jimmy kind of like the cruiserweight agent? Like he's specifically for the cruiserweights. Yeah, him and Arn. There's like, there's there was a lot of different ones. Arn was a, a lot involved in a lot of my matches. He liked me a lot. I did very well with him. He was. He was uh... Yeah, he was he, he was a good influence. I, I I've been on the road with him from town to town. He was a good guy. He's over at A and A and E A and W now. Yes. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. With you know the Bischoff obviously Fusion Media Ventures was going to buy it, then that doesn't happen, and all of a sudden whatever happened behind the scenes, TBS and TNT didn't want WCW, WCW anymore. So Vince swoops in and buys it for like you know pennies on the five, dollar, basically five mil. Yeah, it's insane how low he bought it for. Yep, that is crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. They they paid Bret Hart more than that just to come over and not work. <laughs> well, what was that all about? Nine million dollars that would have gone deep into a roster, like in my pocket. Saying we're but you know, but they don't look at it like that. So, anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's like how the hell did that happen? Right, that deal just, just seems a little bit uh, skewed. Don't even want to think about it. <laughs> so what happens after that? Do you you had a contract with them, and it kind of goes over to the WWF, and they absorb it, or do you have to sign yeah. a new deal? Um, no, I didn't sign a new deal. They just kind of absorbed it and stuff, and then when when we were released, we just kind of released. I never re-signed anything or nothing from transition from WCW to them. I remained to get, keep getting a paycheck and stuff, and uh, and then when you release, you just released. I was re- I was released with Eddie, same day. And Eddie wow. was a very, very one of my very very good friends. We hung out and traveled a lot. What was the relationship like with Eddie? Oh, we were good. We were very 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 good. Not as tight as you know him and, and Benoit, but everybody knows the history there and stuff like that. But we're as tight as we are. If we were us in the roster, we'd still be kicking and we'd always be friends because, you know, he just, we're, he was real. He was real. And he saw me from me for who I was and everything. He liked me. He was a fan. Likewise, of course, you know. But he he was about Romeo. He was. 
some people were and some people weren't. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> There's no happy medium. Like, you really hate me or you really like me. So, which is what you, where you want to be in the wrestlers, as a wrestler. So. Were you surprised to be released, like, when you were? Uh, a little bit. Um, I mean, uh, when I was in OBW, they weren't really using me um, well. Everything over there, less stature. Didn't, didn't, uh, didn't, it, it didn't go well for me over there. Hey, good old HWA, right? Or were you in OVW as well? No, HWA, and then we went. Then we would go over there to OVW and, and wrestle over there at the at the dump place that they used the old place in Kentucky. The Davis that Arena, old, the old burnt down thing. Yeah, that is funny though. A lot of people are like, "Wow, the Davis Arena," but if you talk to the boys, it's not really much of an arena. It was, <laughs> a, dump, it was a dump hole, and I, all I, I was just used to going to big arenas, and then we were fucking, then it's like, that's when you do that step back. So that's when you step into the big time, then you step backwards, it's not the same. Like, ah, that's why I didn't want to stay along for independence very long. I wasn't going to risk not learning a new trade or something from my today and then try to stay in the business for all that long and not and then not, not make it. Or make it for like a year or two, and then you've, you're completely done. So you, meanwhile, you waited 8, 10, 12 to get back for two, and then that, you know. So you guys kind of weigh those out, so that's why I kind of, like, phased out. But, I, I'm no, no, you know, I'm happy now. With, uh, I, I, I accomplished something. You know, I'm in the, in the wrestling history books forever. Nobody can take that away from me. I'm the first time ever back team Cruiserweight Champions of the World. I beat the GOAT for it. Some pretty good enough uh, accomplishments for me. Oh yeah, it's I'm, uh, I'm awesome to look really, back. Met some really cool people. <clears throat> but did a lot of put things. Met a lot of put people. You know, it was it was, it was all good. For sure. I uh, just want to also mention because you mentioned before about TNA. Were you expecting to sign a deal there and stay there for a long time? Because it seemed like a perfect fit with the X division. Yeah, no. That once again, I, I, I uh, the the whole politics thing chased me around. They call me the heat seeker. I told you. <laughs> was, so it was it anything it justified? Was people, a lot of people that were they were jealous and stuff like that. Seriously, that's all it was. No justification. Are you saying that? No, not no, not is, really, not really. He has talent. He's he's gone over and everything. Was there too? Uh, like I'm not doing anything to anybody. Just who you are sometimes bugs people and stuff like that or whatever. Like I was pitching the new the new thing with a spike with a, uh for the exterminator, right? I, I was telling you. Mm-hmm. I had a tarantula. I was walking with it and stuff like that. And he came and he's like, "Hey, say hello." When I turned around, I had it in my hand. Jimmy Cornette just jumped backwards and started fucking. What the fuck are you? Fucking crazy motherfucker! I'm gonna fucking have you killed or this and that. What the fuck? He was phobic of the fucking spider, and he just went off on me like that. I was like, "Oh shit! What the fuck?" I'm sitting there looking at people. I'm like, "Okay, uh, what am I supposed to do?" <laughs> he was not a fan of the spiders. No, he wasn't. And then he was involved in the in the in the in the antics at that time when I was pitching that. And so, obviously, it didn't work out for me in that. And then, not even two, three weeks later, 
um, what's the girl that w- was in WWE, and then she came down over here. That Black Widow was it? She that she used to then, Victoria they, they, or Tara? Yes. Yeah, uh huh. Then all of a sudden she started using the tarantula. I was like, oh, what? Oh my goodness. She and stole your gimmick. Rat, and then they started using the uh, uh, dust uh, with the rat in the uh, domesticated rat in the bag and everything because I had pictures with rat. I had a, a whole album of me with different animals holding them. All of a sudden, they started using uh, uh, a tarantula with, with her and then the, the, the rat thing with, the, uh, with, I think, was it one of the uh, Dustin, was it? Or, or, yeah, or, uh, when he was yeah. Black Rain. Yep. Yeah, that's what we have, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I wonder where they got those ideas from. They kind of stole your gimmick. Hey, Ray Ray told me the the, the filthy animals came de- derived out of me because I was the one listening to that music with the glow sticks and everything in the back and everything. And Ray, we, we borrowed them and, and dancing with them in backstage because we were in that same kind of scene and everything. But he's like, you know, that's why we named it that like that because of, of this, Romeo. You know, he's got that little rascal voice. So I was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> Tell me something I didn't know already. <laughs> People might have issues with me for everything, but they'll pick up my, my gimmicks real quick and stuff like that. <laughs> You're an innovator. I've been gimmicky up my whole life. And it's, and right now I'm 52 with my business. I, I, I'm 100% gimmicky. I mean, I, when I walk down the street, people look at me. For whatever reason, they are looking at me. And I got my shirts advertising me. So I still get, I still get the attention. You're heat-seeking. Heat-seeking missile. I'm a heat-seeking missile. But now I'm killing it in my way. They're looking at me, and it's all good. Nobody can take it away from me. Love it. As we wind down, head towards the finish, just want to ask, do you have any regrets in the wrestling business looking back? Man, do I have any regrets? Um, I might have done things a little bit different in some, in some certain cases. You know, um, but overall, it was it was it was a, a decent run. I I made history. Nobody can take that away from me. I met some awesome people. I traveled. I mean, it was good. I mean, I my body's beat a little beat up and stuff and everything, but I'm still mobile. I'm I'm still good. I'm I'm in shape. I got an eight pack going, so you know, um, I'm I'm good. I'm good as commando for right now. Looking back, when people say Kid Romeo, like what do you want him to remember? Um, that he was a cool motherfucker and he was a, he was trendy. He was ahead of his time. As far as plugs, I know you said you are on Instagram, you are on Facebook. I know um, on that's Instagram. Right. If, uh, that's right. That's right. If you want to follow me, see what. Kid Romeo and Commando Nowadays is up to, you can follow me on Kid Romeo has what is that little line? Uh, the Flash. underscore underscore yes. WCW. So that's Kid Romeo underscore WCW. Or you can find us at commandopathcontrol.com. Nice. Great stuff from the first ever Cruiserweight Tag Team Champion himself. The legendary Kid Romeo. Thank you so much uh, for all the time today. We really appreciate it. It's been my pleasure to all my fans out there. I love you guys. Thank you. 
This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.